you know what? Eat fucking seasonally in your region because that shit is fresh. And the earth is like, here, take of me and give back to me in a good way. Um, Support the environment and it will support you. And if you don't and you pretend like global warming is not a thing, it's going to come get you and it's going to fucking rip you apart like the plastic bags that you throw in it. Shouldn't we start with a warm-up, like a vocal no. warm-up? No, I'm warm. I'm warm. Not to brag, but um, you know how I'm not in Costa Rica. So um, actually, it's really cold and rainy here because it's fall. Okay. I'm like fall. where you're at, where it's probably still hot and sweaty. Mm. Well, it rains a lot. Um, and I can yeah, like... But is it cold? No, and that's a good thing because I like it not being. No, cold. it's like refreshing, like a refreshing. What I really want to say it's it's crisp. It's mm. so crisp outside. It just feels like it feels like yay. Sometimes I go into the water in the ocean, and it's like almost almost bath water temperature but then there will be this undercurrent of salty cold goodness that comes up underneath me is it refreshing like that like like having sometimes i go stand by the river and i smell the delicious moss and trees and it's just it just feels like fall is giving you a big giant hug and it's like why not have a delicious fall latte with nutmeg because it feels right well, sometimes I stand under my mango tree and I just hear the parrots, the green conures flocking above me. And it sounds like nature is just chattering and saying, isn't it a beautiful day? Don't you want to come fly with us? And then a mango Yesterday. falls into my open hand and I just bite into it and it's full of sugary goodness. You know, you're not supposed to eat the skin. Uh, <laughs> yesterday on my hike, I saw a giant, I saw an orb weaver spider, which are which are not poisonous. Uh-huh. And it was orange and they come out during autumn, I guess, on, on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And uh, they look like they were designed by Tim Burton. and they're like orange with like black and white stripes on their legs and they're super stylized and they're all like hey guess what halloween's coming and i'm like that's right spider it is you know what i think we actually have those here whatever mine are cool um so (laughs) welcome 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 no i have to end on the i mean i have to be the last one to speak welcome to in my happy place um, Halloween is coming up, my favorite holiday, I think, and I'm gonna have to get this published before Halloween. Uh, and today, I believe we're discussing food and cooking and things of bubbly goodness, nature. And what do you have in your cauldron, Tricia? <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Um, what do I have in my cauldron? So, okay, we were we were talking about food, and I'll go first. Um, so, um, I've pretty much been in my kitchen all day, every day, and what I have discovered—I think I've known this for a long time—but my kitchen is my happy place. Like, a, especially because okay, here's so here's something interesting. So, 
since the pandemic and everyone's inside and bored all the time, um, I've been doing research on how to handle the pandemic, obviously, and I've been looking at the Enneagram, which is a personality typing system that we've talked about before. Uh, and my type on the Enneagram is the seven, which means I like to have lots of stimulation, lots of variety. So being in the pandemic is really challenging because you're in one place all the time. So I went online to look up like how are sevens dealing with the pandemic and all of them are in their kitchen, just all of them. It was like, I am learning how to cook new foods. I am learning how to cook foods from different places because I can't go visit those places. So I'm learning how to cook food from those places instead. And even the people who don't cook are like, well, I have decided to start ordering, uh, ordering takeout from all the different restaurants that I can't go visit. So I'm trying out new restaurants every time that I order food, even if I can't go leave the house. I'm still at least like experiencing different things. So like, yeah, everyone is like using food as a way to explore the world, which I think is as really- one should be, as one yeah. should, because there are so many exciting things you can do in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So many. Speaking of that, did you get that video I sent you? I think uh, the YouTube channel's Nats. Nats, what I reckon, the Australian guy. Did you see that yet? No. Oh well, what is Chris. That? Our Chris, our nutritionist coach friend, recommended it to me, and it's called the YouTube channels. That's what I reckon, I believe, and he's this great Australian rocker-looking guy with super long hair and tattoos everywhere and piercings, who either is a brilliant editor or has a brilliant editor working for him, who does all these cooking things that are awesome. Um, so if you like, if you like when people swear <laughs> and cook awesome dishes, I recommend this guy. I thought I sent it to you. Everyone check it out. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll totally check it out. Cause he really, um, he really takes uh quarantine cook- cooking to another level what does he do? Like, is he, he how is he specifically addressing? He cooks and in, in, and in a pleasurable way, which just, mm. you just want to watch it and enjoy it. Everyone needs to get in the kitchen because it's a fun place to put on your little chef's hat and apron and be all like, what can I experiment with today? And can I, can I actually tell you something about um, psychology and why the kitchen is like the happy place for a lot of people? Not everyone clearly, but why it's my you happy place. Delicious things, which then you eat, which then releases serotonin in your brain. Well, the, I mean, you can also like go to a bakery or have food delivered and still get that aspect. Of but you're it. not creating it. That's true. So, okay. So creating it gives you a sense of like accomplishment and agency Mm. and power. Yeah. You're like, Mm. you're taking power over that food. You're all like, I'm going to make you different food. I'm going to steam you. I'm going to chop you. I'm going to whip you. Ooh, wow. Um, No, but the, the thing about the, the kitchen is like, it really engages all of your senses and it gives you something to do that has a defined goal and it's a mm-hmm. pleasurable goal at the end. Like you've got something great to eat. Unless you're and, Steve Kale. 
Just kidding. Huh? I know. I said, unless you're steaming kale. But then I said, just kidding. I know some people like kale. It makes my stomach feel like it's being torn up from the inside. But that's well, that's because you're not massaging. That's because you're not massaging your kale, Liz. You need to massage your kale before you eat it. And then it's already broken up a little bit. And so your stomach doesn't have to do as much work. I just threw up in my mouth when you come and massage <laughs> my kale. Are you okay? You seem like really slow of speech. I haven't eaten today and we're talking about food. Looked up how to do a proper pour over because I have this pour over thing I bought from Target and yet it always sucks when I do it. So I had to look up how as as a pompous barista, I was like, how do how can I be a pour over person? And I watched uh-huh. this guy do it. And it was such an art form. It was so beautiful, but it was also a little eye roll inducing. But also you just know it's like it is an art, fucking making coffee and learning how to let your coffee bloom and um, extract it just right. It is an art, (laughs) but it also made me want to throw up a little bit. Uh But they should because what they're doing is an art and it does affect my entire fucking day. Because if I have a bad weak cup of like Denny's level coffee, I will punch someone in the fucking dick. I don't care. (laughs) I am not going to put up with that shit. And sometimes I'm experimenting with my pour over. I have made myself Denny's level coffee mm-hmm. and I just want to just like rage and just be like this is not okay no. no I feel the same way I totally feel the same way but are we going to talk about just coffee this week or no let's talk about god I and mean, coffee is so you know what I'm I'm changing my mind this week we're going to talk about coffee no I had god thought damn it I prepared stuff interesting things to say about the kitchen and you won't let me talk about them you keep interrupting me fine we're gonna go we're talking about food go ahead are we gonna cut that part out no i want everyone to know what a little brat you are (laughs) (laughs) speaking of little brats you know what my cat did this morning did they stick their entire paw in your eggs like they did last time I watched? No, that's that's my fault for leaving the eggs on the stove. Yes, it's your fault. I love it. It's my fault that my cat has no boundaries. Well, yeah, I guess it, it is. is. It actually yeah, is. It kind of You're is. Right. Yeah. Uh, they grew up in the wild. They're like, hey, where's the food? I need to get at it now. Whatever I got to do to get that food in my tummy. I mean, it's a survival mechanism. I can't blame them. No, but uh, sugar cookie this morning... She has been like just in the habit of biting my feet all the time. Whenever she wants attention, she she bites my feet. So at about 5 a.m. this morning, she was like clawing at my feet and nuzzling them. And I'm like, okay, she wants to play with my feet. I'm just going to keep my feet still and then they'll be boring for her. And then she will leave and leave me alone. So I'm like holding as still as possible. Like when you see a shark in the water, you're supposed to just hold still and hope the shark goes away. So I'm like holding still, hoping my cat will go away. And after like 10 seconds of just waiting, I get a big chomp down on my toe she's just like no you are gonna pay attention to me no matter what so I had have you tried gently kicking her I don't want to do that I just picked her up by kicking her her, I do mean kind of just shoving her with with your foot this is why I do the roca because roca does that too and I just 
shove her with my foot until she plops over and I'm like that's right I'm the dominant cat not you <laughs> well maybe I should do that maybe I will do that next time but after I picked her up and removed her she got the hint and she left me alone so that was good anyways well kitchen. wait my Mal, my cat my cat and food every time usually for breakfast every morning you eat I a have, cat I eat a cat I eat cat food I eat a delicious can of cat food <laughs> But it's okay because I put fresh Parmesan on the top (laughs) and it really adds to the textures and flavors of the cat food. Now, every morning I have, you know, my oatmeal with, and I put Faya yogurt on top because I love, I love things that are like hot and cold. I'm really into this contrast food stuff, like hot and cold, salty, sweet. So Every morning, though, Roka is like, oh, excuse me, um, you're going to give me a lick of that yogurt, right? So <laughs> I always give her like a lick. Oh, Roka, she just entered the room as soon as I said her name. She heard um, I put her. some yogurt, some plain yogurt on my pinky and give her a lick. And I'm like, I hope those probiotics are good for your tummy, Wummy. Oh, yeah. No, I do that, especially when the kittens were just kittens and they were weaning off of their mommy and I wanted them to think that I was their mommy. I would hold them like a baby and put some yogurt on my finger and make them nurse off of my finger. And now they think that I'm their mommy. I tricked them. Oh, that's creepy. So, kitchen... Can I, can I say something about my kitchen story? Okay. My sister has put herself on mute, which is the only way I get a word in edgewise. So the kitchen is my happy place. And the Liz, I can't think when you're making cute faces about the cat there. Look at you making cute faces at your kitty. Oh, your kitty. Oh, your kitty. Liz, I need you to interrupt me so I can, like, fight back at you. God. Okay, (laughs) fine. (laughs) Uh, So, anyways, yes, the kitchen. So, there's, like, there's two reasons. I I know. That's adorable. Um, So, basically, there's, like, two reasons why the kitchen, why I've been in the kitchen, like every day since I got to Costa Rica and especially since the pandemic. And um, basically like one of the things is that um, Costa Rica does not have a lot of pre-made food readily available. Like the, the grocery stores have almost everything you would get in a normal grocery store in the United States. Like they have, you know, chips and, I don't know, hot dogs or whatever other like gross. I believe you just said mangoes, ripe mangoes were falling off your tree. Yes. That's so not a be, contradiction. So, so no, it kind of is. It's like, I don't have like pre-made food. Oh, look at this ripe mango that literally is pre-made by the tree god. Okay. They don't have a lot of pre-made cooked meals available. Like you go to the grocery store and you can get chips and popcorn and like junk food but like there are no pre-made lean cuisine microwave oven just you know a pre-made lasagna pop it in but you don't have they don't have frozen dinners no they have well that's probably good because 
They are an assault to my taste buds. Absolutely. So it's like if you want to be eating fresh and eating more healthfully and getting preservatives out of your body. <laughs> That's perfect. Because if you want to be eating fresh, you definitely won't be eating a Lean Cuisine sponsored yeah. by Lean Cuisine. <laughs> so like any food that I want to have beyond just a plain ripe mango, um, any meal that I want to have, I have to prepare myself or I have to go out to restaurants. And, you know, there's some really, there are actually some really nice restaurants here. Um, a lot of Italians move to Costa Rica, so I can get some of the best Italian food in the world if I go out to eat. But I, th- those are kind of like my only options is either Costa Rican food, which if you are a meat eater, like the Costa Rican food is amazing because you can get fresh fish and things just pulled right out of the ocean and fried and dunked on your plate. But since I'm a vegetarian, the only thing that I can really eat when I go out is either rice and beans or spaghetti and, you know, and tomato sauce because those are my options. So if I want to eat like anything other than those two options, we also have a really good Greek restaurant here. So if I want anything other than those three options, um, I basically have to make it myself, which is fine because it's the only thing that I like to do. It's like I'm either reading, writing, doing stuff for work, or I'm in the kitchen listening to a podcast and trying a new recipe. So it's like I'm kind of in this odd situation Lots of people spend time thinking about how they can spend less time in the kitchen. But for me, I'm like, how can I spend more time in the kitchen? Because it's literally the most fun thing that I have to do. And it gets me out of doing my other work. Well, in some ways, that's so good because you're in the kitchen, which you find enjoyable and fun. So it's like a leisure activity, but you're also creating and making things which you can use later. Yeah. And the other reason why I've been more invested in my kitchen, um, I don't know if you know this, but I have liver problems. I have this terrible kind of liver problems. Yeah. I Wait, are I, you talking about like when you would get nauseous from drinking wine? Yeah. I have this terrible condition um, called being over 30. And uh, it's a condition that affects a lot of people in the world today. Um, no, I don't know if you remember this, but like on my 29th birthday, or no, it was my 30th birthday. So it was like the last night of being 29. We went to that bar that was like the roaring 20s bar in LA because I was oh, so yeah. in my 20s. And I remember drinking like quite a bit that night and that was fine. And then I woke up on the day of my 30th birthday with my head in a toilet. Ooh. And after that, just like, even one glass of wine would make me wake up the next day feeling super nauseous, super hungover, lots of headaches. And I went to a doctor to ask what was going on. And he's like, oh, well, you know, like alcohol's a poison. Some people just can't tolerate it anymore after well, a certain age. And also certain types of alcohol because they're all different. No, well, that might be true, but like I was looking for organic wine so I wouldn't have sulfites. I would drink beer to see if maybe beer was better. I mean, whatever I tried, I would just wait try hard. Day. Huh? <laughs> Did you try hard liquor? Yeah. Come on, you Liz. tried everything, I'm and I was just here. It was, it was 
alcohol. You do you try moonshine? Do you try bathtub gin that you made in your bathtub? Can do you I try tell toilet you wine do? that you made in the toilet? Oh my God. You try toilet wine. Um, I will not until I go to prison. Then I will try my, then I will try <laughs> toilet wine. <laughs> it's Lizzie's prison podcast. Like how, how to make toilet wine. <laughs> I uh, would have a prison podcast and I'm like, listen, <laughs> this is how you make someone your bitch. <laughs> you know. <laughs> God. Um, that's terrible. We shouldn't make light that's of terrible. the correctional institution of, well, anyone. Well, yeah, uh, because anyways. especially that a lot of people are in prison unjustly. And then a lot of people who should be imprisoned are not in prison. <gasps> <gasps> Trump. Yeah, that's a whole <laughs> Trump. other podcast. Whole other podcast, the prison <laughs> podcast, unjustly in prison podcast. Um. Anyways, no. So I went to see a doctor who was like, "Oh, you know, some people just can't process alcohol after a certain age, and uh, maybe you just need to like give up alcohol. That's the only real solution for this." And I looked at him and just like, "Listen, this is America. If I want <laughs> if I want to poison myself, I will." You will invent a pill that undoes whatever ungodly thing I want to do to my body so I can... That is so American. (laughs) Also, like, does that happen? I am curious. Like, does that happen a lot? Because I've heard this not only from you, but from other people about, like, developing this perhaps allergy to alcohol, specifically wine. Does this happen a lot in countries? Please stop. Um, I want to speculate for a moment. Uh, Does this does this happen to people in other countries, or is this like an American thing? Like how we all have like major gluten intolerance issues, where people in in like Italy and France, because of the way their wheat is grown and, and treated. It's yeah, not they don't have celiac disease. I don't, I don't know about that. I will tell you what happened with me. And this was crazy because I saw a doctor, like a, you know, trained Western MD doctor who couldn't tell me what to do. And then I have a friend who is a holistic doctor and I was telling her about how I can't drink alcohol. Like, I think she offered me a glass of wine. I'm like, I wish I could, but I can't because of this. And she's like, oh, hold on. Give me, give me your hand. And she pressed this one area, um, like right under my thumb. She's like, does that hurt? And I go, oh my God, what have I ever done to you? Why are you hurting me so bad? And she like came around to behind me and she like pressed this one area on my neck and she's all like, does that hurt? I'm like, motherfucker, stop it. She's like, oh, um, your liver's congested. You just need to like drink some warm water with lemon juice and uh, celery juice and spinach juice every day for a month. And then maybe get some milk thistle and um, your liver will be fine within a month. So I did that. I, I stopped drinking alcohol. I'd already stopped drinking it just because it was causing me so many problems. But I kept uh, kept sober for a whole month. And I just had warm water with lemon juice every morning. I had three milk thistles a day. I had like celery juice and spinach juice every day. Within a month, 
problem gone. So within a month, I was binge drinking again. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, and that's the crazy thing because I'm not a big drinker. I'm a lightweight. So it's like one glass of wine is usually enough for me, you know? So it's like, I, it's just like, I'm not, I don't have this problem. You're not a, a lot. You're not, use my liver. Okay. But just even you're a not, bit couldn't, couldn't, my liver couldn't handle just that little bit. From what I've seen, you're not, you're not like a binge drinker where you go on like a kegger or something, but I do see you as a, like a more every, I don't want to say everyday drinker, but like, you I'm know, one European of them, oh no, drinker. I was just about to say that. I was like, actually, it's, I believe it's called a European drinker where yes. it's like, I shall have a glass of wine every day. Um, so, you know, I guess it could, it builds up in the system. I'm sure. Yes. Yeah, as where yeah, I'm so more of like, I will have. I almost never drink because I don't like to drink alone, and my fiance doesn't like to drink, and so I'm just like, well, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like for me, another. like one of the things that I really love is pairing wine with food. And understanding which wines go better with which foods. And so like, yeah, I, I drink as a compliment to the meal because the the alcohol, like it cleanses your palate and it can make the meal itself um, more delightful. And, and you know, and to it me, makes, and it makes people more delightful or <laughs> raging assholes. It's it's always a fun, it's always a fun, like you never know. It's like a little bit of a Russian roulette it's like are you going to turn <laughs> into like a fun playful silly companion or are you going to turn into the world's biggest douchebag oh my and god I never alcohol, want to talk to you again alcohol just makes me friendly really loud and friendly I don't think You're I've already ever been loud and friendly drunk. I don't think I've ever been a mean drunk I've never no but it it makes me like louder and friendlier so me times 10 i have no inhibitions i mean that's what it's supposed to do um yeah except for those mean drunks that become absolute monsters when they drink right like you i actually i am a really i'm a really pleasant drunk are you yeah, I'm. Okay. No, I'm much more mean when I'm not drunk. When I drink, and I usually, I like never really get drunk. I guess you could say tipsy. Uh-huh. When I when I drink, which is such a rare occasion, my anxiety <laughs> severely plummets. Yeah, and I'm just like everything's gonna be okay. I don't know why I'm so anxious all the time. Oh, that's so interesting because like just alcohol, so relaxed. Alcohol lowers your inhibition. So for me, it's like my inhibitions are the things that tell me don't get out of the chair and go kissing everyone in this restaurant on the cheek. Because when I'm drunk, that's what I want to do. Oh my God, don't drink during COVID then because yeah, exactly. stupid. <laughs> well, just you've got to put a lock on the door. That's all. But yeah. for you, so you like a lock on your face. Your oh capacity <laughs> belt for your face, your mouth. <laughs> a seat belt for your face. I said a chastity belt. 
a chastity, a chastity belt, belt for your face. face. Oh, that's so wrong. Um, so for you, you're saying like your habitions are you, that your anxiety is like your brain telling you you need to do this to stay safe. But mm-hmm. if you're drinking, then that part of you kind of quiets down. Yeah. All of a sudden it feels like, you know what? Everything's going to be okay. And also, guess what? You can relax. As where most of the time, my anxiety is like at an eight. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, if you don't control everything and everyone around you, the world will come crashing down and then it will be your fault. You know, I don't usually advocate people use alcohol as a medicine. It's a self-medicating thing. But maybe you should until like therapy kicks in finally. So alcohol and... My liver. Your liver and... And fava beans. And fava beans and Hannibal Lecter and... Yeah, actually, you know, I learned something... He knew about wine and food, you know, wine and food pairing. He knew. Yeah, can I actually tell you something really interesting I learned about Hannibal Lecter in that scene? Yes. Now I'm getting us off topic, which is actually the real name of this podcast, Off Topic. Off Um, Topic, no offense. Off Hot Topic. Hot Off Topic. Hot Off Brand Topic. Anyway, We're going to get sued. (laughs) So... Hot Topic. (laughs) Apparently, I can't remember where I read this, but like, so Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs was supposed to be taking this medication that made him less of a psychopath. And um, fava beans and Chianti have like these, you know how it is with some medications, you're not supposed to mix Mix them with alcohol. You're not supposed to drink. Um, You're not supposed to drink with certain medications. You're not supposed to mix them with other medications. So apparently... Uh, fava beans and Chianti both have like this property in them that is not supposed to be mixed with the medication that he. Where um, did you learn taking. this? How do I, I not know this? This upsets this is, me. This is this what upsets happened. me. I am such a Hannibal Lecter. I mean, except for okay, when he like kills in a way where I'm like, yeah, that person deserved to die. I'm like, yeah, I'm into that. But then when he kills, like he cl- killed a flautist. Because they were out of tune. I'm a little like, come on. Being a musician's hard, especially being one that doesn't use auto-tune. Yes, but I mean, really? I kind of would have thought that you would have been like, yeah, totally. Just kill a no, person no, 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 who's no. out of tune. No, 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 no. Because I have tuning issues myself as a singer. Because when when you don't use auto-tune and you actually learn your craft and have to use your body to master your craft instead of pressing a couple buttons. Um, I'm biased. Some people who use auto-tune way too much that mm-hmm. you don't even know what their voice sounds like because they always sound like a robot getting fucked in the ass. That I would be for. <laughs> because I feel like Hannibal Lecter would not be listening that kind of music anyway Hannibal Lecter is like I strictly like acoustical sound which is kind of like me no I like electric guitar I like some amplified sound mostly I I prefer acoustic uh just uh uh a robot getting fucked in the ass okay um tell everyone tell me that that is not exactly what Kanye West sounds like uh, so that. anyways, I found it on mental floss while you were talking about robots getting fucked up in the ass. I was doing research. 
so, okay, what it says on mental floss is that um, Hannibal Lecter was probably taking a MAOI, which is a monoamine oxidase inhibitors, which are used to treat depression and personality disorders. And when you take those, you're given a list of foods that you shouldn't eat. And on that list are liver, fava beans, and red wine. Really? That yes. is so... That is so deep in it. I just love it. So, so when he says, I ha- I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti, it means he probably stopped taking the medications that he was supposed to be taking to make him a less psychopathic person. I mean, who doesn't have a personality disorder? <laughs> I just want to say it. Like, I mean, everyone I know, you know, there's something about them where I'm like, there, you know, that's not the best thing I've seen in a personality. Well, I think everyone, I mean, yeah, well, we, we, he just had high standards. He just had high standards for food, music, um, company, you know, he didn't, he he wasn't into rude people. I mean, what's wrong with that? Nothing, Liz. I think totally you should start a new religion, the religion of Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal Lecter was misunderstood. You'll be more like him. I think, you know what? Oh, oh my God. God. This is the next project. You should write a self-help book written by Hannibal Lecter. Oh, that sounds... That sounds pretty good, actually. Well, I, I'm very much into, like, the whole Will Graham, Hannibal Lecter kind of balance. Like, who, wait, who's Will Graham? Oh, Jesus. Really? No, Will who's Graham? Graham? You make me so sad. <laughs> Just who is he? Will Graham is, it's, uh, he is the predecessor in a way, I guess, to Clarice Starling as a character. Oh, okay. Oh, and, Red Dragon, Ed Norton. Edward Norton, also there was the TV show Hannibal, which explores his character a lot. Is it good? Should I watch it? Oh, it's so good. Okay, great. It's so good. Yeah. But very, very dark and visceral. Right. Kind of gross, but it's it's so grossly beautiful. It's 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 Oh, I love it. So beautiful, but also just like ew, but then mm, like it's it's (laughs) such a mind fuck and there's so much homoeroticism I really enjoy it you know I'm looking for more stuff to watch um oh which reminds me I really want to make a recommendation for you but I'm not going to until I finish my fucking kitchen story fine (laughs) so liver fava beans beets Chianti sauce. He didn't use beets. No, I'm going to talk about beets. So this is the thing. Um, I don't think beets would go with liver. Since moving to Costa Rica, I don't have access to some of the other things I used to get, like at Sprouts and Whole Foods and stuff. Like I can't get my milk thistle, which means I can't drink my alcohol. 
I was doing okay for a while, but then it was like every time I had a glass of wine, I started getting headaches and nausea mm. and just these horrible headaches. And even like a leave doesn't help. So I was like, okay, I have to stop drinking again and I have to reset my liver and clean my liver up. So I looked online for ways to naturally cleanse the liver and foods that cleanse the liver and build up the liver. And a lot of it's like really simple stuff. It's like almonds, but I, you know, I can only eat so many almonds and flax seeds, but I can only eat so many flax seeds. But a lot of the other things are like lemon, um, apples, I think, and beets. Mm, And I never, my favorite. I'm glad I've never really gotten into them. Really? They are my, except for pickled beets. I hate pickled beets. If people want to be like pickle their beets, I'm like, go fuck yourself and just eat a pickle. God. Oh, I'm totally going to pickle some beets now. Pickled red onions too. Just like, and pickled raisins. These things have so much flavor. I don't mind pickled like the idea of pickled raisins, I know I can hear people retching right now, but I like that because I like that like sweet and salty, sour. vinegary, sweet and yes. sour. I like that, but I love the taste of beets by themselves because they have this incredibly earthy, like they taste like the way rich, wet soil smells. If you love that dirt, earthy taste. To me, it's that's how I feel amazing. about potatoes, but actually oh, beets, I'm like, they're kind of sugary, but they're also what? a root. Really? Yeah, they're sugary. They're like, I feel like sweet. Oh, I guess I do have a, a bit of sweetness. I just taste so much of that earthy flavor. I'm just like, fuck yeah. Because sometimes I, I don't, I've not eaten dirt. I want everyone <laughs> to know I do not partake in the eating of dirt. Some people But do. I desire... When I'm like out and it's like kind of wet in the forest and I smell okay. everything, I'm like, I kind of have this desire to eat the soil. And I've looked into it and I know that in some places and some cultures, people do eat soil because it helps. Apparently they say it helps with certain, I'm sure it depends on the soil. Yeah, uh, they, it, it helps with certain digestive issues or like helping against poisons. I'm not sure. I'm not going to eat the soil. Yeah. But I have a desire to eat the earth and desire to take it into my body. And so I have developed such every single day I have to eat like I eat cucumbers. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've developed this weird almost like a like a smoker. It's like I got to have my cucumber. I got to have my cucumber. Like it's like a like a Is real jonesing for you? cucumbers. Cucumbers make you feel like you're eating the earth. I feel like cucumbers yeah. are just very watery. They're very well. Maybe wet. I'm really thirsty too. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think you're but thirsty. I like every single day for the last three months. I jones so hard for cucumbers that I can barely stand it. Oh, that's so funny. It's strange. So I, uh, I mean, that makes sense. And I'm kind of wondering, like, eating the soil. Like, if you're eating enough earth vegetables, like you know, things that are grown in the soil. Like, I wonder if you get the same um, benefits as if you were actually eating the soil itself. I also crave ash. You're just weird. I don't, I have, I don't like, know. I know there are these, you. there are names. I can't remember the names for these, like, when you eat things that are not food, necessarily. You're weird. No. 
No, I'm triggered. I think it's like I think it's something that you can cure if you take uh, an MAOI. And no, uh, <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm all about the fava beans and Chianti. Fava beans Actually, taste like you're eating the earth. Oh, you know what I love is butter beans, mm-hmm. which I have the hardest time finding. Um, yes. I, I find my beans canned. Um, I just actually bought some dry, so I need to like figure out how to cook those. It is so hard to find fava beans. And here, I don't think they even grow the fava beans here. So I've been eating like uh, 90% of my diet is chickpeas. Um, but I'm speaking yeah. of butter beans. Mm-hmm. Butter beans, which I had no idea are mature are lima just beans. mature lima beans. Yeah. yeah. Because it's so easy to find lima beans that are the young lima beans that are green. I want the mature ones because they're super creamy and mm-hmm. meaty and oh, so fuck good. yeah. I've developed some interesting taste buds. So basically during this pandemic, I've been learning how to cook all these new kinds of foods. And especially uh, lately, I've been really focusing on cooking things that have beets and Mm. leafy greens and lemon because all of those things are good at cleansing my liver. And now I can drink drink wine again. Yeah, exactly. So last night or the night before, for the first time ever in my life, I made borscht. Sorry. I've always been excited all my life. I, all my life, I was excited about borscht because it's beets. And I'm like, fuck yeah, beets. But then I had it at, I want to say Izzy's in uh-huh. Santa Monica, which is a famous uh-huh. Jewish deli, which has really good food. But I think, yeah, I think I ordered borscht. It may not have been Izzy's. Sorry, Izzy's, if this is not you. But I was just like, I hate this. This is not what I thought it would be. What, what does it taste working? like? It just was disappointing. It didn't taste really earthy and delicious the way it, I guess. I think they may have added vinegar to it, which I hate. I hate oh. vinegar on my beets. I want my beets to taste of the earth, not of vinegar. Okay, you've got to try making your own homemade borscht. And there's there's a lot of different recipes and different things that you can mix with it. I've seen like thyme, dill, paprika, um, ginger. But basically, mm. I made. It was celery, onion, carrot, beets, and I sautéed all of that, added some vegetable stock, um, and then put it in the blender, and then I squeezed a little lemon on it, paprika. I used paprika because I just didn't have the other herbs. Oh, garlic, lots of garlic really, Mm -hmm. I think, makes it work. Um, And then you squeeze a little lemon on it and some sour cream on it, and oh. ah. Or faya yogurt. Fire yogurt, probably extra, fine. Um, extra protein in there. I had it with a side of rye bread with um, goat cheese, and it was mm-hmm. like the perfect complement to it. See, it that was sounds just good. Perfect. What? That's what I wanted when I ordered borscht. I wanted it to be like blended up and emulsified. Mm-hmm. And- What I got was like a broth with bits of beets in it, which I found. No, no, no. no. Oh, you didn't really have borscht, Liz. You've never had borscht. Borscht is emulsified. Like if they, if it, no, that's not. hmm. Well, this was a Jew. I know I had it at a Jewish deli. Uh-huh. Maybe they weren't Russian Jews, and then that they was probably the that was the were. 
They probably were not. Andrew comes from actually he's Polish Jewish. The Polish do um do beats. Yeah. Polish people like beats. Yeah. <laughs> uh what's what's Alan? Where does his where do his Oh people... uh, we were actually just trying to figure that out, but he's he's Eastern European Jewish. Um, well, that's what Andrew is. Aren't so is he Polish though? Is he Russian? He his fan. I mean, we don't know for sure. I believe his ancestors um, left Russia to escape the pogroms, but prior to that, they weren't the had pilgrims come. in America. No, not the pilgrims. You know what I'm talking about. I the had pilgrims. an American education. Oh my God! Yes, he was running from the pilgrims, who, as you know, went the to pilgrims Russia. were really mean to the Native that. Americans, and they were really wrong. Um, but I can't believe that they also went after the Jewish people. <laughs> the, the pilgrims were when the Russians were um, persecuting the Jews in Russia in the Dicks. 1800s. The pilgrims are, if you've seen Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, that era that's when the pogroms were Uh, they were going in and like ransacking towns and driving the jews out of russia what a bunch of dicks yes they were a bunch of dicks yeah let's not do that speaking of people who are a bunch of dicks how was your week fuck you (laughs) um how was your kitchen week i mean i made ooh. So this has been this has been the most monumental search of the season thus far. Mm-hmm. You know, you want some apples because it's fall and you're like, yes. where the hell are my apples? But North Carolina apparently struggles to have good flavorful apples. Really? I, I'm very confused. I don't know all the details. Um, but I finally, well, I finally tracked down some, they're called snap dragon apples and they are Mm. tart and delicious and they actually have flavor but i also got some asian pears Mm -hmm. and i stewed the fuck out of those with some like some simply apple juice um Mm -hmm. and put some cinnamon and cardamom in them and just stewed the fuck out of them till they were super super soft and i was like oh my freaking god this tastes amazing (laughs) and that was really good and then I tried to assemble a weird dessert with it Mm. because I bought some vanilla ice cream because mom was here and she couldn't Mm. really have that and I hate vanilla ice cream because it makes me feel like it wants me to be sad for the rest of my life and the vanilla ice cream. The vanilla ice cream wants me to give up on my dreams. What and part of to... the vanilla ice cream? What is it? The delicious vanilla bean? No, 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 no. The soft, creamy no, 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 texture? No, 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 no. It what? just, it's just, it's so lackadaisical. I'm just so saddened by its very existence. Ugh. It's Wonder Bread. It's <laughs> by itself makes me sad i mean i'm allowed to have my opinions about you are and you know what um science is finding science is now finding that everyone's taste buds are actually differently configured so like what you taste well i uh, think we already knew that duh 
Yeah. Right? So it's like, I am Good job science. Experience. I knew that already. Yeah. You of all people should know that because you're married to a fragrances and flavors I'm guy. Married to him. We're engaged. You have like a common law marriage at this point. Yeah, problem. Don't quite. you? Haven't you been together nope. seven years or something? Four. Oh my God. That is so long. It's not really. So, uh, yeah, vanilla is like, it feels to me like a base. Like you're like, well, you got to put your vanilla on. Okay. Uh-huh. Vanilla's on. Now let's add 30 other things. So That's basically vanilla ice cream and I tried to add all these other things to it. Cause I'm like, I'm going to make a super dessert where vanilla ice cream is just the base of the dessert. But yeah. I always struggle. I don't know. I struggle with my flavor combinations sometimes and I'm just like, meh. But the apples, the Asian, sorry, the Asian pears, stewed Asian pears were pretty damn good. Mm. Okay. To be fair to you, I think vanilla ice cream when it's done well and you can really taste the vanilla bean is pretty satisfying and delicious on its own. But what I like most about vanilla ice cream is that it is kind of neutral and it just makes anything else pop. Like a scoop of vanilla ice cream on top of chocolate cake, apple yes. pie, whatever. Yes. I'm like, that's oh, all. Yes. That's yes. what it's there for. It's there to make things pop. It's not really its own person. No, it's, it's a really... counterpoint to something else that's much more spicy and flavorful. It's a counterpoint. It's a counterpoint. You start off with your initial melody (laughs) and then you layer your other and, you know, you create this beautiful counterpoint, very reminiscent of a Bach fugue. (laughs) How's that for pompous douchebaggery? I think that's like, that's the most pretentious thing I've heard this week. I Um, always like, now I'm like sitting here, I'm like, I remember counterpoint being a, a struggle to really grasp it in school Mm -hmm. but it's really not that difficult okay so I want to ask you because I know what you've said before is like you want to spend all your time in the uh in well you want to spend a significant amount of time in the kitchen baking these delicious European British British desserts because that's Mm. your happy place so like what um I feel like British people get I'm just gonna say it. Mm-hmm. I feel like British people get like regular food, not great, at least in my opinion. I've had some really great British dishes, but mm-hmm. god damn their desserts. Yeah. Those people know desserts. Those people know desserts. Let's just Yeah, say no, that. definitely. It's a country made for desserts. It's like I, I don't know if England and and the environment there, like, do they not have enough garlic and onions? Do these things not grow well there? Because it, it, I mean, when I probably think of British food, not. Well, yeah, onions. I don't know. We're gonna get a lot of angry responses with our imagined our <laughs> base, where it's like, "Fuck you! Try shepherd's pie, you vegetarian asshole." So, what have you? What have you been cooking in your kitchen? And have you? Um, like, have you made it healthier, which I think was one of your goals? <laughs> have I made it healthier? Like, have you found a balance? Have you found a sweet spot between making all of your sweets and not yeah, feeling? Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. 
Kind of. I'm working on what is what is our structure again? We rant, rave, recommend. Yeah. So we raved, we ranted, we raved about British baking. Sure. And now we'll recommend get get your get your ass in the kitchen <laughs> and done whip up some things that aren't meth, preferably. Because having lived near many a meth lab, that shit is dangerous. Oh Don't do it. Okay. No. So my my recommendation actually is um my based on my like time in the kitchen, like if you if you enjoy kitchen time, which I know not everyone does, but if you enjoy kitchen time, there's a lot of there are a lot of things that you can make that are delicious and amazing, but also healthy and plant-based. And um, because you're making them yourself, you kind of have like some control over what it is that you're making. So it's like, you can make a healthier version. Uh, but I'm not talking like, you know, like low fat or any fake ingredients. I mean, like you can just make the kinds of things that you're not going to get in the store. Like one thing I think you will probably like Liz, if you really like baking and desserts, but you want to make, um, healthier versions is, uh, sweet potato, anything. Cause sweet potato yeah. is just like a sweet natural. Potato, fuck. Yeah. You just have the sweet potato. You mash that up there. Then you add uh, maybe a little bit of organic grass fed butter. And then you put on some uh, cardamom and cinnamon, maybe some nutmeg freshly mm-hmm. grated and, and whipped oh, cream. Maybe a bit, uh, instead of butter, maybe some fresh whipped cream. Yes, definitely. No, uh, like that's actually shove something that in your face hole until you stop crying about the world and how <laughs> shitty things are right now. The, no, I don't advocate. That doesn't sound balanced. That doesn't sound balanced. That's actually mentally. fine. I mean, a sweet potato? You just No, but you just shove it in your face until you stop feeling your feelings. That's not, no, that's that not mentally sound. I don't know. People are always saying like, well, don't use food as a crutch. It's like, well, if you've got a broken leg, don't you want a crutch? Like, why are you taking mm. people's crutches away? That's that's nasty. Mm. Like, just give them a working crutch. I mean, I think it's more don't use things as a crutch when you don't need a crutch. Actually, more. can I tell you, okay, here's another really good recommendation. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying this in a snide way, but like when I've had to give up alcohol because of my liver problems, what I find also relaxes me. That makes you really I, sound like an alcoholic. I know it really does. Um, <laughs> but no, cause like I, you know, I will have a glass of wine at dinner. It enhances the meal, but it's also like, I mean, it really does give my brain. And especially since I'm such a lightweight, it gives my brain this little tick. That's like, okay, you can turn off work now. You can turn off work mode. And even if I get tempted to like send an email or do some work, I'm like, no, I'm kind of tipsy. I Mm -hmm. don't want to accidentally say something really inappropriate. So definitely don't work. And it's like one of the ways that I turn off my work brain. Well, that Um, sounds like, okay. But another slightly healthier way of doing that, I really found was super healthy and helpful is I would just turn off all of the electronics, all of the noise, all of the podcast or whatever for like just a minute, even if it's just a minute, probably five minutes is better 
but do it for just a minute and like curl up in the fetal position and just lie down and listen to the silence for a minute. And it, yeah. it does the same thing for me as mm. a glass of wine. Wow. That's, that's wonderful. And there's a, I'm thinking of that in my weighted blanket. Yeah. I, I know. My weighted you blanket your... on me and I'm like, Oh, Okay. I'm yeah. not going to explode. I'm not going to spontaneously combust, probably. Although that is a weird phenomenon that happens to people. So <laughs> it is. I know, but like it's like what isn't that like so? Brilliant? Isn't that so scary? Just because we're in my happy place, and sometimes when I want to feel extra okay. I think about all the things that we don't really know and all the things that are out there that we have no concept of, we haven't been able to scientifically prove and they're still there. And that makes me feel good. And it's comforting because it puts all this bullshit that we're actually going through that we can see and touch into perspective. Like, oh, oh, there's other stuff out there. There are many, many other things lurking in the shadows. Wait a minute. Um, Do you think about things that we don't know about that could kill you or just like, you know, there's some, there's some probably plant that also cures cancer that we don't know about. But that I mean, both. Somewhere. It's comforting. It puts things into perspective of how small everything is. Everything that seems giant is actually very small in comparison to what's really out there. Um, <laughs> but I think about that and... That, where was I going with this? That just really, really comforts me. Um, so when I get angry at the fact that the Kardashians are a thing and have a giant following and that people love them, but they also love Trump. And then I think like, well, there are other planes of existence probably. And we're super, super small. And there's probably whole planes of existence that are all Hannibal Lecter and they're just like, I really like good food and wine pairings. And I really don't appreciate shitty music. So that's cool. Yeah. I think there's a whole country devoted to that. It's called France where they're just like, no, French French people like pop music, don't they? they? It doesn't matter. So here's the thing is like, I have serious FOMO fear of missing out. I'm always like, there's probably something better somewhere else. This is good. But what if there's something better that I'm missing out on? The only place where I don't feel that way is France. I'm like, if I'm putting this in my mouth and it's French, I know that I am experiencing the absolute best way that this can be prepared. I mean, that's not always true. If you go to the like touristy areas, you're going to get like some Denny's quality French food, but go to any small cafe I had this and you're just going to be all like, this is how this dish is supposed to be prepared. This is how this ingredient yes. is supposed to be. Really watch out for those touristy places. Cause I had the worst, um, in when we were, um, where's that place that's like always flooded in Venice and you know, it has a big old church cathedral. St. Mark's? Yes, St. Mark's Square. Yeah. And I had horrible cabanera. It was just awful. It really was not good. And that's such a quintessentially Italian dish, right? Yeah. And 
it was like Denny's quality because it was like uh, right in the heart of everything. Yeah, just don't go to tourists. And their bread was also shitty. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like you're in Italy. Like how hard is it to get good quality food? If someone's like, trying to get you into their restaurant and standing out on the corner, yeah. Don't don't, don't go near them. They're trying a good lover does not need <laughs> a good lover does not need to stand out on the corner. Well, I guess unless you're a prostitute. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, sex worker. You just shouldn't be generalizing in general, I think. Well, okay, if a man's really good, (laughs) if a man's a really good lover, he's not going to stand out there and be like, my dick is so big and I also know how to use it. No. No. Right. He doesn't need to do that. Okay, so this was the other recommendation (laughs) I wanted to make. For you this week? Um, no, this I've been wanting to tell you about this for like two weeks now. So uh, a really awesome TV show. And this also really helps me relax too. Um, have you heard of The Bee Foreigners? The what? The Bee Foreigners. So it's a combination no. of the word before and foreigners. So it's a, um, it's like a drama that is that takes place in um I believe it is Sweden I can't believe I don't know which one it is it's one of the Nordic countries (laughs) and uh it's about like these this time hole that opens up and so all these people from different time periods from like everything from the Paleolithic period to like the 1800s come through and they're in modern day Sweden. Oh, you know what? They recommended this on my favorite murder. Yes, that's how I knew about it. And so, one drama, it sounded like a comedy. No, it's a drama, and it's kind of like so. One of the ancient um, shield maidens for an an, medieval um, Viking uh, becomes a cop in the modern era, and there's like you learned this the first episode. I'm not, I'm not um, spoiling anything, but like there's, there's the person who winds up dead and they have to find out um, who killed her. And it's kind of a whodunit, but then it goes deeper than that. And there's just like all these people who used to be Vikings who are living in the modern era. And it's so fun to watch. And like, there's just, you know, the costumes are great. And there's all these women with like red curly hair and their hair's all braided and up in these interesting Viking styles and it goes like it goes back and forth between the modern day and like old Viking times um it's so cool to watch and also what I found is like usually when I watch tv I also want to do something else because it's hard for me to turn off my brain but watching that show I had to actually just sit and watch it because it has subtitles right I had yeah so it's like (laughs) if I want to just relax and not do something else that's a perfect show because first of mm. all, it's really enjoyable on its own. And second of all, it's like, well, I have to read the subtitles, so I can't be doing that while also like filing my nails or like, yeah, you know, I don't know, cleaning the house or whatever. So it was also another like perfect way to just relax and think about Vikings. Well, I feel like relaxing and thinking about Vikings are, that's kind of, well, most know. of the time when they weren't out... Okay, so another show you can you might enjoy. This one's in English, and it is a comedy. It's called The Norsemen. Oh, yes. 
Yeah. And it's, I don't know how I feel about it. Like I, I enjoyed it. I watched the full season because it's very kind of like slapstick, stupid comedy, but I'm also, really into that. well, then you'll like this, but also I just enjoyed like listening to the people with the Norse accents and the, all of the, um, costumes and stuff. Um, and seeing the beautiful scenery of like what it's like in the Norse and the the North and the the Viking boats. I mean, it was just visually very enjoyable to watch, and the comedy itself is kind of a little slapsticky, but whatever. It was another good way to relax and spend the evening. Okay, those are Trisha's recommendations. Look more into being a Viking. Um, pickle your fish or whatever. Potatoes. Pickle your fish, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Pickle it. I don't know what that was supposed to mean. That is really dirty. Oh, and it's also confusing because you're all like, which genitalia are you talking about? Well, the pickle is one genitalia and the fish is the other. So I'm going to pickle your fish. Oh my God. Pickle your fish, everyone. Have fun in quarantine. Get in the kitchen. Watch Vikings. And um, eat sweet potatoes. Eat sweet potatoes because they are good and full.